It's so great to be amongst the people of, of faith this morning. Um, we've been going through a series of, of Bible foundations, haven't we? And, and we're focusing on faith. And, and I feel, do you feel faith in the room now? Yes, we're seeing God move. And we've been thinking, oh, Lord, there's so many people in the church who are struggling, people who need jobs, people who are ill, and so on. And these are just opportunities, aren't they, that God has put amongst us. And now he says, now watch what I can do. And he's going to touch one person after another. And we're seeing those things. And with each thing that God does, it builds our faith, doesn't it? And we pray more. And I'm thinking this morning as we've had testimony and we're praying together for other things, God is on the move and he's going to do great things amongst us. We're just on the on the edges, the shore of what God is going to do through a people of faith. Yes? So I'm really excited uh, by that. Um, it's a hard act to follow Roger last week talking about faith. Um, I don't want to sort of take what he broke. He broke down faith to a very, very simple thing, didn't he? He broke it all down. And I'm very mindful that I mustn't come along now and load a load of complexity on top of that. We just want the basics. I want to just recap on a few things that, that Roger said, because they were really, really important. Uh, and then we're going to look at the fruits of faith, some of the effects of faith. What, what does a, a person, a man or a woman of faith look like? Well, what are they like? What happens? Um, good. Um, so, one of the key things that Roger talked about on the Saturday was how hope, hope is the foundation. It's the hook, he said, that you hang your faith on. We hope in God. We trust Him. And because of that, we can have faith in Him. All our hope on thee is founded, an old hymn says. Yeah? That's really important. We come to trust God all my life you have been faithful. All my life, we sang, all my life you've been so, so, so good, hasn't he? In every one of us, every one of us has got a testimony of God's goodness. And that's a hook. And we can say in faith, whatever happens, God's faithful. God's good. He's got goodness in store for me. All the promises of God find a yes in Jesus, whom we have found and invited into our lives. That's amazing. Something else that he said, which I was actually going to say anyway, so I'll repeat it. How exciting. We know that faith comes by hearing, but just that little bit, faith comes. Faith comes. I'm, I'm pleased about that. And the disciples, when they started off, Jesus kept saying to them, oh, ye of little faith, yeah? But by the end of it, we see men who had become men of faith. Faith is coming to us. We've got at the moment a level of faith, but the Holy Spirit is active in this church to bring us to a place of great faith, yeah? Faith is on its way, folks. Faith is coming to us, yeah? You, you might be really quite unbelieving and struggle with things. Don't worry about that. The Holy Spirit's coming with faith. And we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So I'm also excited that 
He's a God who speaks constantly. Yeah? He's speaking to each one of us. He's got loads to say. He speaks through his creation. He speaks through the voice of other people speaking to us and ministering to us. Most of all, he speaks through this word, doesn't he? And we, when we read this, the Holy Spirit speaks to us. He speaks. He's a God who speaks. And because he speaks, if we listen, we're going to become more and more a people of faith. So I hope you've come this morning with faith, yeah? If you just come thinking it's going to be another Sunday morning, we're going to sing some songs and we're going to hear somebody speak and then we'll have a cup of coffee and then that'll be it for that and I can go and have the rest of my Sunday. That's how it's going to be. But if you come in the morning saying, I'm going to touch God's throne, his heart today as I worship, I'm going to reach out for him. He's going to speak to me. As we come to his word, as we open this, as you open this every day, God is just waiting to speak to us. It's going to come alive to us. So this morning, Father, as we open up your word, uh, we, we can come with great excitement and expectation, Lord, that you are going to minister to us. You're going to speak to us. We're going to hear your voice through this. And because of that, Lord, at the end of this, we're going to be a people with bigger faith than we had last week, more expectation of the goodness of God breaking into our lives. Amen. Amen. So faith comes by hearing. And just quickly before I get into the meat of what I want to talk about, um, there are two ways that faith comes. All right? One is that faith is a gift, and the other is that faith is a fruit. So I just want to touch on that before we go into any other details. And if I'm lucky and I press this, Wow, technology works, folks. Faith, you see? Uh, faith, to each of one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. Faith, is, it can be a gift from God. This is faith for a particular situation that you, fa that you face. You can just know that God is in this and he wants you to do something. How important it is to be hearing God when that happens and to do it, yeah? Um, Peter jumping out of the boat is perhaps the best example of this. What an extraordinary thing it was, wasn't it? That this guy, a man of very little faith at that time, he sees an opportunity. I, I want to be with Jesus. I could do this too. And he says, Lord, just ask me to come to you and I'll come. And he hears the voice saying, come. And he has the Nobody else had done this before. You know, he's not thinking, well, it happened for Elijah, so it might happen for me. It's extraordinary that he did that, that he was so confident that he got out of the boat. And, of course, he did start sinking. But I just think it's extraordinary that, <laughs> that he actually got out of the boat. But he did it. And because of that, something's written in Scripture for all of us. God achieved so much through, through that man's just... I don't mind what the physics is, that men can't walk on water. I don't care about the practicalities. I don't, 
I just want to be with Jesus right in the middle of a situation with him, and he can sustain me through it, and nothing's going to stop me. And God looks at each one of us, and I guess there's a challenge there. Would you do that? When you hear from God, you hear the come to me, do this, to to be the kind of person that says, but Lord, I know that doesn't make sense, and I'm really rubbish at doing those things. I mean, Peter was pretty rubbish at walking on water. It was right outside his comfort zone. He had never practiced it. He had one opportunity to get it right, And, and he steps out of the boat, and he starts walking on water. And and God's word will come to you saying, do, do this. Would you, would you go to the neighbor and just say this? And you think, but that doesn't make sense, Lord. I haven't spoken to the neighbor for ages. And it's silly to go and say, step out of the boat. Do it. Because it's an opportunity to go, for God to do something. It's the gift of faith. And when you feel that rising up inside you, God says, I've got a word for you to bring to the front here. And you think, I've never done that before, and I'm rubbish at talking, and it's, I'm out of my comfort zone. Do it. It's an opportunity. Pray for somebody if you've not prayed before, and expect God to do stuff. It's a gift, and it will come into a specific situation, and we need to make sure that we're ready, and we go for it, and we don't miss the opportunity. And then uh, faith is a fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It's a fruit of the Spirit. That Where it says faithfulness there, most translations have that in there. But in the Greek, it just says faith. All right? It's just faith. It comes as a fruit. So this is different. The gift is like a Christmas tree. It's just the grace of God. In that situation, God just gives you the faith, and you know, you know that you know that God's going to do something amazing. And then there's another kind of faith that comes through being really grafted into the tree. Do you remember what he said in the, about the vine in John chapter, I think, 15? If you abide in the vine, if you're stuck into that vine, good and proper, if you abide in it, you will bear much, much fruit. And that's great, isn't it? All you need to do to have faith is to be really, really stuck into God, really abiding in Him day by day. And day by day, this fruit is going to come. I've got an apple tree in my garden, and I'm amazed every year that fruit actually happens because the trunk is so gnarled and half broken open and looks moldy and worm-eaten, but, but, but it's down into good soil. And every year, the appleiness of this tree comes up the, through the sap. The appleiness spreads out through the branches and apples come. And you and I, if we're grafted into God, if we're tight into Him, if we're spending every day in His presence talking to Him and hearing from Him, Faith is going to rise up, yeah? You're going to start believing things this year that you didn't believe were possible last year, yeah? You're going to begin achieving things. God can do stuff through you this year that he couldn't last year because you've been spending time and this fruit is beginning to grow in you. Goodness, joy, peace, and you're going to become a man of faith. 
Because the other thing happens, and I've been through this in my own life, that if I stop abiding in the tree, then the faith stops coming through, and then doubts start growing there instead, sort of cankers of doubt and worry, and you know, you're not quite sure about that, and you stop praying about that, and you stop the love and the joy and the peace just kind of withers away. Just because you've not stayed deep into God. Get deep into God. Don't let anything take you away from being rooted, just grafted, just right into God every day. Yeah? We want to be like that. Okay, that's the groundwork. By the way, if you want to just increase in faith, I've just got ask God because there's a there's a pattern in Scripture. If you're not sure, if you're feeling, God, I'm not sure that I've got enough faith, ask God for faith. Ask God to help you believe. Read the Word of God. Believe the Word and act upon it and confess it and exercise it every day. Take the doubts captive and say, I'm not going to doubt. I'm going to believe what the Word of God says. Spend time with God's people and listen to testimonies and stuff. All of that will help your faith grow. So what we're going to talk about, though, today is the fruits of faith, which is what kind of people are we going to be if we're a people of faith, right? This mentioned that faith is a fruit, but faith itself will give rise to certain characteristics. Um, I had a go at writing these down with a view when I was starting to talk, to think about what I was going to say, and I think I've got about 20 or 25 different things that happen there, and I'm going to spend about 15 minutes talking about each one, all right? So I hope you brought some packed lunch. Um, Now, I'm just going to read them out, and so you're going to have to write notes quickly or or take a photo of that and think about it later on. So just very quickly, I'm going to just talk through them, right? People who are a people of faith will be a people at peace. Yeah? Once you know that you know that God is in control of your life, peace is one of the fruits. Yeah? An assurance of the invisible peace comes. So, you know that because of salvation. We have peace with God because we believe that He saved us from our sins. We have peace from the grip of guilt, because you can know today that God's completely wiped out and forgiven your sins. Peace. A life of faith is one that's stable, solid, secure, confident in God's direction. Um, There's a whole list of people of faith in in, uh, Hebrews, and one of those, it says, Noah when warned about things not yet seen in holy fear, built the ark. That was an extraordinary thing, wasn't it, that he did? Nobody had ever seen an ark before, but he heard from God. And over a long period, he built this ark, believing that God had told him to, and he just did it. And he had no idea what was really coming, um, but he did what he was told. Um, I've got holiness and purity will come if you have faith. Ability to live right and pure because of what you believe. It'll change your values. Obviously, miracles accompany those who believe, yeah? Um, So we can talk about that in a bit more detail later on. Uh, Again, from Hebrews, Sarah, the wife of Abraham, 
she believed God and she was able as a result to bear children in her old age. Faith is really important for our prayer. A people of real faith, when they get together and pray, big things start happening. That's why our prayer meetings are exciting, because when we meet together, the church meets together in faith, big things happen because we're a people of faith. Yes, it affects our worship as well, doesn't it? It's really important, faith in worship, that we, the more we study the Word, the more that we hear from God about the kind of God He is, then when you start singing about it, right, it, it grips your heart. It's not just in your head. You're not just singing the words musically, or not musically in my case. Um, but you're, you're, it's connecting with your faith. You know that he's this God that you're worshiping. Um, and that's a very powerful thing. A life of faith is a life of victory. It's a life of hope. A life of faith is one that's joyful in suffering because you know Jesus for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Whatever the enemy throws into your life, if you're a person of faith, you're going to experience joy and peace in the middle of that. I put generosity. If, if God controls your finances and you're absolutely confident that he's Jehovah, Jireh, my provider, well, that makes you a generous person because you know you can just let go of stuff. You can give into that situation, give to that. You can give that person money. You can give them a gift. And as you give and as you give, you know that you've got a God that's just going to come in and fill all the gaps again with more stuff for you to give out of his amazing provision. People of faith have a long-term view. Abraham was looking forward to a city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. Abraham wandered about in that land, putting his foot on every place that God told him to, to lay claim to it. And yet, it says, Abraham didn't see the full vision, the, full, the fullness of, of what God had promised him. Even when he died, he went to his death still believing that God, and God did miraculously through Jesus Christ do way beyond what Abraham had at all imagined in his head. But he just hung on. God wants us, no matter how bad life is getting, how difficult the situations are to understand, he wants you to hang in there no matter what. I believe, I believe, I believe, no matter what. Right? Uh, good. A long-term view. Uh, we've already said vibrant in worship and, and so on. People who are of faith are passionate about the kingdom of God. And I must say, too, that people who are, have faith, there are people who are very bold. You have to be bold with faith. It's no use having faith and keeping it locked up inside yourself. Nothing happens to it. The tree, the apples that come from my tree, if I just leave them there, they fall into the ground, and very soon they become a moldy, horrible yep, mess. And then I send my wife out to pick them up. Um, don't let your faith be like that. Take this faith. Do, do brave stuff with it so that God can begin doing things in your life. Yes? Yes. Boldness, courageous, and passionate. Right. So, so that's a long list to try and remember. And, uh, and so what I'm going to do is... Um, we're going to take the life of a guy in the New Testament who was outstanding in his faith. 
There's not that many verses written about him, but he left a mark on history, really, because it's written in here. Um, And so we're just going to look at seven things that made this man stand out from the rest because of his faith, yeah? And then we can all just be like him. And then in this town, we're going to stand out as being people of faith. Yes? Good. Let's go with that then. Um, So, so, choose seven men from amongst you. Let's read this. We'll go to Acts. Um, By the way, my clicker thing is going straight to the entire thing. So, when I go to my seven points, you're going to see all seven points at once, which is not the way I wanted it to go, but never mind. So, I'm reading in Acts chapter 6. You can go there and have a look. It's difficult these days because there's so many different versions, uh, isn't it? And I'm going to read this from the New King James Version this morning, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, And you might find it easier just to listen to me read rather than read it as you've probably got it in the message or something, and then the words are all mixed up. (laughs) But but at the same time, it's really good to have your word in front of you so that if your mind begins to drift from what I'm saying, you can always start reading the word. Yes, and then God will speak to you through that. In those days, this is verse 1 of chapter 6 in Acts, in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. So this was between the the Jewish Christians. The Hellenists were, I believe, uh, Gentiles who had become Jews. They were Greeks and so on, who had become Jews and, and now were becoming Christians. So it looked as if they were being kind of neglected. They were a bit second class in the Jewish community, these people that weren't Jewish by birth but had become Jews. Um, so there was, there was a little bit of sort of unease going on there and some people thinking they were a bit hard done by. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples. I think there were, there were many thousands of them then, weren't there? How many were converted at, at Pentecost? Somebody with... Shall we ask John Sutton Smith, ladies and gentlemen? 3,000 were converted. So, so it's a massive church in Jerusalem there. Maybe some of them went off into other areas and so on. So let's say it was about 2,000. But since then, time has passed. More people have become Christians. It was a big church, this. Um, so, and the disciples say, summon the multitude of disciples and said, it's not desirable that we should leave the word of God, and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. There was no uh, uh, social security in those days, of course. So, uh, a widow who had just depended on her husband's income when he died, they, they were often really quite destitute. They depended on their family to support them and so on. Um, That's just the way it was in those days. So the church in those days, people didn't argue about the tithes. They just generally brought everything and put it at the disciples' feet, didn't they? 
they, they, you know, they, there was a lot of money brought in, and they began to distribute it to everybody that had need in the church. Um, so this is a gift. Uh, this is a, a job for administrating that distribution of food. And they said, let's pick seven men. We will give ourselves... So, therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over the business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to ministry of the word. So, verse 5, the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and the Holy Spirit. And they also chose Philip, Procurus, we hear about Philip quite a bit. Philip was the one who was caught up in, in the spirit and, and appeared on the road uh, heading southwards and spoke to the Ethiopian eunuch and so on. So Philip went ahead and did things. We don't hear much about the others at all. Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch, whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. So there was this job... And the, it was to, to be people who were of good reputation and, and full of the Holy Spirit. I'm interested in that. They were just going to do administration. But it was really important, the disciples saw, that they were full of the Holy Spirit. We have car park attendants. Be a car park attendant full of the Holy Spirit. Be a door person full of the Holy Spirit. Be a person who vacuums the carpets full of the Holy Spirit, Yeah. Yeah, whatever job you're in, not just church jobs, but every job, a man or a woman full of the Holy Spirit. So, out of all this, thousands of believers, I don't know how they did it. I was wondering whether perhaps there were 7,000 believers and they'd pick sort of right out of you, 1,000 guys. Pick, pick one person that stands out as being a man of the Spirit and, and so on. Um, so, there was a lot of competition there. And Stephen comes to the top of the pile. And he's noticed uh, as, as not only being a man full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, but also a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. And he ends up doing that. All right. So what was he like? We're going to go through seven things that stand out to me. The first thing I notice about this man of faith is that it's a bit unusual, this, and it didn't come up in my list of things when I first started thinking about it. But one thing that stands out about Stephen is that he was a man who had time. There's a bit of a contrast here, interestingly, with the apostles who said, we haven't got time to wait on tables because we're too busy reading the Word and praying and ministering like that. And Stephen comes along, and he gets this job. He's a man full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and he has time to do all the looking after the widows and stuff that he had been appointed to do. And yet we're going to see in the verses that follow that he was a man who did amazing things as well. And Stephen, it says in verse 8, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs amongst the people. He had time for it. And it just reminds me that as a man of faith, 
if I'm living my life by faith, if I'm living my life listening to God, I'm going to have time for everything that God wants me to do. I don't know whether the apostles got it wrong there, that they were so busy in their prayer meetings and in their studying of the Word that they didn't have time to do what Stephen had time for, which is to go out and start doing miracles and praying for people and doing amazing stuff. I can imagine that when he was just going around dishing out food, he didn't just dish out food to the widows, but he got interested in them, in the people that were needy, and started talking to them. And they'd say, yeah, I've got a bad back today. And he'd say, I can just pray for you for that. And he'd put his hand on them, and they'd get better. And things began to happen, and more and more of those things start happening. But he's a man who had time for everybody. It's easy to get our lives so busy with stuff that is not kingdom stuff. It's not faith stuff. It's just busyness. And and the enemy will try and make that happen because then we haven't got time. And the worst thing is you're so busy that when somebody phones you and starts talking about the problem that they have, we're so busy that we don't hear this as God saying, this person really needs your time now and, and we're focused on what we think we've got to get done today, and, and we miss out. Um, so, so the life that's full of faith is a life that hears from God and does just what's necessary for the time. Uh, like Jesus was so relaxed in what he had to do that he fell asleep in the boat when the storm was going on. He was just so at peace. Yeah, I can't imagine Jesus rushing about getting into a panic because they hadn't reached Jerusalem in time or anything like that. I think he just took every day at a time and knew he was calm. He knew what, uh, what to do and when to do it. There's a lovely hymn that just kind of expresses it. It's an old hymn. You may not even know it, but it says, Drop thy still dews of quietness till all our strivings cease. Take from our souls the strain and stress, and let our ordered lives confess the beauty of thy peace. Yeah? A life of faith is a life that's relaxed. Um, The house built on the rock, the storms come, but it's solid there. It's solid on the rock of faith, the the confidence that it's built on. With an oriental wife, as I am blessed with, we've ended up watching a lot of kung fu films and stuff like that because she's into that sort of violent stuff. And I'm really into it. And and there's some kung fu that is just, you know, when it's a real grand master, because the the lesser masters sort of just walk into the room, everybody piles in it. It's a massive fight and broken chairs fly in all directions and stuff like this. But when the real master comes on the scene with his but it looks a bit like this, isn't it? And, and, and it may be that 50 guys are coming at him with pickaxes or something, but he will just calmly go through the whole lot. Fortunately, they only come in films. They only come one at a time, don't they? So it's all right. But he is uh, he's so graceful, no effort at all. And I know Christian life is not like that a lot of the time. But I imagine that there was something like that about Jesus, that as things come, he's unperturbed because he knows his Father is in control. 
of it all, yes? And because of that, he's got energy for those minutes when he's got to give somebody his complete focus and touch them and see healing, yeah? So let's be like that, shall we? Um, Right. Um, The next one that came out to me was that my version says, and Peter, full of faith and power, did great wonders. But a lot of versions, and I think most of the sort of earliest Greek manuscripts actually have Stephen, a man full of grace. Yeah? You got that? Yeah? Stephen, a man full of grace. So I'm going to go with that. Another one that wasn't on my list, that a man of faith, a woman of faith, has grace. That's an interesting word. It's not a word we generally use very much in ordinary English, um, but but it means a lot. It means, um, of course, grace, God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace is just free, and it's, it's love, and it's favor. And I think this man, who was full of faith, that faith gave him an understanding of who he was and who the people he was dealing with were in Christ. He saw what they were. He saw that the, each one of them was loved of God, and he saw that in faith that he had a God of love and grace and a God who pours stuff out and a God who's rich in blessing. And his faith in that affected everything he does. So when the widow is standing there before him waiting to have the money dished out and he sees that her heart is breaking because of something, his heart goes out to her because he sees what she's like and he sees what God is about to do in her. Yeah? Faith makes him an exceedingly loving person, and he reaches out to everybody that he meets. I want that kind of faith. I'm naturally a very shy person. I don't relate easily to people. My lovely wife will go up to anybody and start a conversation with, she can just do that. I covet it. Perhaps if she lays hands on me, I might catch some of that. but, but we need to be like that. Jesus was like that. He always had time for people, and his love just affected, infected, touched everybody that he met. And I think if we're a people of faith, we'll also be a people of love and compassion. You won't be worried about your finances, so you'll give abundantly Uh, into the needs that are around you as God directs you. Um, You know, you'll you'll be just, you'll you'll love people, so you'll want to reach out and pray for them. Uh, Good. So, and the next one, of course, um, Stephen, full of faith or grace and power, did great wonders. So, the third one there is that when we're a people of faith, we are going to be a people of power. A people of authority, if you like, is another word that's in there when we talk about power. There are people who are enabled to do stuff. And that touches on what I was saying earlier on, how exciting it is to be amongst a people of faith because God's going to do some amazing things amongst us through faith if we believe in Him. I think the, the, we've talked about Peter getting out of the boat, but it was also great when Peter and John went to pray at the temple 
and they met a lame man. Peter and John went to pray. They met a lame man on the way. And, and, and this, this guy sort of holds up his hand asking for a donation, a bit like our widows, reaching out and, and asking for something. And Peter, full of faith, extraordinary this, says, we don't have any money, but what I have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ, walk. That's extraordinary faith, isn't it? He didn't say, let's see if we can get you up on your feet, and if we pray a lot, you know, you never know, God might do a miracle here today. He had a word of faith from God, and he just said, in the name of Jesus Christ, in the authority, in other words, in the authority, in the power of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. I'm excited about that. It's because he heard from God, and God had said, I'm going to heal this man. And isn't that a strong path to walk on? I've, I've sometimes thought, when Peter got out of that boat, we, we saw water, but actually there was, it was solid it was, it was as solid as tarmac to, to walk on that water because Jesus had said, come to me. And when Jesus said, that man's going to get up and walk, he was going to get up and walk. So Peter can be really confident, grab this guy's hand and say, in the name of Jesus Christ, in his authority, because he's told me he's going to do this, get up. And the man stands up and, and walking and leaping and praising God, he goes into the temple uh, amazed at what God's done for him. I want to hear from God so that I get that sort of faith, so that I can see what God's going to do in somebody's life, and I can just unlock it like that. Yeah? And that's not over-ambitious of us, is it, to see God doing that? That's, that's how the Holy Spirit wants Southport Community Church to be. He wants to speak into our lives so that we begin to see amazing things like happen. These signs shall accompany those who believe. Yeah? Yeah? So it, it is important that we meet together and we pray, because we need God's grace to come into these situations, like those disciples met together in the room and said, give us boldness, Lord. Help us to, to reach out to people. But then the Lord was doing stuff through Stephen here, he's reaching out, and he did signs and miracles. All sorts of stuff began happening because he was reaching out in faith and believing that God was going to do amazing things through him. I want that kind of faith. Do you want that kind of faith, people? Yes. Um, right. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs amongst the people. It doesn't say it, but it's there. He was a man of great boldness, wasn't he? He, he wouldn't have achieved anything if he just stuck with his aspirations and his nice ideas of what God could do. He had to get out there and do it. Uh, that, that's the challenge for me. It's, it's easy enough to believe that God could do these things, but to actually get out there and be bold, and, and because it's a bit of a risk, isn't it, getting out of the boat and hoping that that water doesn't let you down? But God wants us to step out boldly. So he ignores his fear. He ignores his shyness. Um, he just heard from God, and he went and did what God told him to do. He didn't 
think for a minute about what happens if that doesn't work and I've got it wrong. He just went ahead and did it. We used to sing a song, be bold, be strong, for the Lord your God is with you. I am not afraid. I am not dismayed because I'm walking in faith and victory. Come on and walk in faith and victory. For the Lord, our God, is with you. That's a great song, isn't it? You've got God behind you, backing you up on this. He doesn't just sort of send you off to the battle and then ask you a month later how you got on. He's right, he's right with you in it. And when you say, Lord, I'm going to pray for this person and you're going to heal them. And God's behind it, backing it up with his word. Hallelujah. We can be bold. We can be strong for the Lord, our God, is with us. So Stephen, this is picking up from eight. Stephen, full of faith and, and power, did great wonders and signs. And, and the whole thing starts getting difficult. There's opposition. Some people arrest him, don't they? Um, they set up false witnesses, verse 13, and so on. You can read all of this at your own leisure. Um, and they set, uh, and they all sat in the council looking steadily at him and saw that his face was shining like that of an angel. Um, verse 8, I think. Um, da, da, da. It says somewhere that he was full of wisdom. They couldn't resist his wisdom. Thank you, verse 10. I've scribbled it, but I can't read my own writing. They were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. So when we've seen the invisible, when we see things in faith, then, then we're seeing things God's way, and that's, that's, it informs our decisions. We make right decisions when we take into account how God sees everything. It's not the world's wisdom. Uh, it's a revelation from God and it will help us to walk right. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Therefore, we are always confident, and it goes on to say, for we walk by faith, not by sight. A couple of other things quickly before we finish. He was a man of great courage in faith. He endured this barrage of questions and, and stuff in front of the Sanhedrin, and yet in front of it all, we know that Stephen gave this great sermon about the goodness of God, basically, and how these people had constantly turned away from it. Um, faith is going to give you courage in whatever storm hits you. That's different from boldness, isn't it? Boldness is when we've got to step out in Him. But when stuff starts going wrong in our lives, then faith gives us courage. It gives us vision. We know where we're going. We know God's in charge and it gives us courage to face everything. Um, and finally, we get the story finishes at, let's pick it up from 52, I think. When the people, when the Sanhedrin, when the scribes and Pharisees and so on, when they heard these things, this is seven. Um, yeah, I'll go from, fifth, go from a bit higher up, actually, because <laughs> I just love it with... Stephen, he sort of lulled them all into a sense of security with his long sermon, a bit like I've done. Uh, 
And he says, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. This is 51. You always resist the Holy Spirit, which the prophets did, and your fathers persecuted them. They killed those who foretold the coming of the just one, of whom they have now become betrayers and murderers. You who have received the law by the direction of angels haven't kept it. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed at him with their teeth. I'm always a bit fascinated by that. The Bible talks about gnashing of teeth. Well, but it doesn't work for me when I'm angry. I don't. Strange. Anyway. <laughs> but he, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. That was lovely that he saw that. He was about to go to his death because of being a man of faith. And yet he sees Jesus. But you know what? The vision didn't just come at the end of his life. That vision of Jesus at the right hand of God, I think that grabbed him right at the very beginning, don't you? He had that vision right at the beginning. Because he saw Jesus at the right hand of God, standing there for him on his behalf, with him in that distribution of the widow's stuff, in the ordinary stuff of life, he had a vision of Jesus on the throne with him. And it affected everything that he did, so that everything he touched, he did as a man of faith. And he did great things as a result. And God's going to do that through each one of us as we listen to him, as we hear from him. And God is able to minister through us. We want that, don't we? Okay, faith is a gift. Faith is a fruit. And if you want more faith, then you just need to hear from God. And if you like, you can come to the front afterwards and catch me or May or any of the other leaders here, and we'll pray for you, and God will give you an extra measure of faith if you need it for whatever situation you're in. Yes?